motherfucker. <laughs> wow. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the pre-show. Welcome <laughs> to the pre-show. Dave's in full form. Yay. Tonight. I'm not. Hey. I'm feeling a bit under the weather, and I think I cracked oh, no. a rib the other day sneezing, of all things. Oh, man. How many times I did know. you sneeze? Just one, but it was one just monster, like, ah, like house shaking, you know, foundation ah. rumbling. We have, we have Crazy. my family. We have this. We have a, a type of sneeze named after my grandmother. Oh, here we go. Here so, we go. Uh, but it's basically after the third sneeze, it's a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth sneeze. That's what that's what quantifies. Oh, so you're a multi sneezer times two. Yes. Mm. But the I fourth, very often have three in a row. After the third sneeze, the fourth hurts, like will feel like your back's blowing out. Yeah, that's how this one feels. Hurts. Yeah, and it's been like, like a week. Worse than that. Yeah, it and didn't it, help that I cut like half a dozen trees after that either. But still, still. But no, it it's it it is those types of sneezes really hurt. Yeah, man, I'm in pain. I'm here sacrificing for this fucking show, and there's no news this week. Comics were just okay, just okay this week. There ah. were some winners, but there were some winners. There were some winners, I and there were some said, losers. We don't man, talk I, about the losers. If you, yeah, we don't talk about the losers. We're not. We're not trying to be negative. Okay, we don't want to shit on comics. We want to bring comics up, and we do enough shitting on the comics in the news anyway. Yeah, we do. You know, we really do. We, we do. Really do. Um, so, yeah, we got some news. Hellfire Gala news. Maybe a spoiler. Uh, I'm um, so ready for that to be over with. Yeah, and then, what are you talking about? It hasn't even started. Oh, you mean for, like, as being, like, a thing at Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hugo Awards. Lame. We'll talk about, you know, the nominations in the comics category. And then there's some uh, Spider-Man news in terms of Mary Jane. Again, it's a bad week for news because why? They're San Diego Comic Cons next holding, week. They're San holding Diego their stuff. Next they're week. keeping their powder dry for San Diego yeah, Comic Con. Yeah, they're keeping their powder dry for like. I will say powder. one that thing about San Diego Comic Con right now. I uh, have yes, seen. Please. I have seen the Funko previews, and yeah, they don't look great. They don't look great. Yeah, that, the only they, one they have in, left me wanting. The only one I'm interested in is the Jaws one, just because my wife collects the Jaws pops and there is a i think they call it the vcr or vhs cover yeah you know movie that cover special with cover one. brody yeah oh hey jeff thanks for coming by it was a pretty good weekend bro i hope yours was good too there yeah uneventful I, but of all the all the stuff that they've kind of mine was good kind of preview for the funko stuff i'm like none of this interests me yeah i think the one that i would get just just because might be the 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 Frodo one, the weight of the ring, Frodo. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. Uh, it's just you know how he, how Frodo appears at the end of the Lord of all the Rings when he's in yeah when he's yeah. in Mount Doom. Yeah, all that. eyeliner, eyeliner, Frodo, emo yeah. Frodo. Yeah, emo my chemical Frodo. romance, Frodo. Completing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. the black. Gosh, parade. I moved some action figures to a different shelf until I got some pre-orders coming at the end of the, of this coming week, and I didn't I realize. How empty I, it was going to be there. It looks so empty on that shelf. I got a confirmation that nice. Copperhead is shipped. Yeah, all three of mine are shipped. My Copperhead, my Shipwreck, and um, 
what's his name? He coming with the rocket launcher, scrap iron. Scrap iron. I haven't um, got. A, I haven't got a confirmation on scrap iron yet. Yeah. But I did get a the only one that has not. I already got rock and roll. He shipped in here and set mm-hmm. up, but I did not get a confirmation on um, bazooka. Which uh-huh. I thought was weird. Yeah. You can't have al. You can't have bazooka without alpine, and I know yeah, they're making can. it classified. You can, but but. But they're 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 they they're that. the Laurel and Hardy of GI Joe. Yeah, they are talking about some announcements at Comic Con that should yeah. come and clear that up. So uh, we'll see. I, I thought I thought they released a apparently they a new Firefly for classified. I thought they yeah. There's a new. One. It's a second edition of Firefly that's not as you know collectors and and you know special edition. Well, it's, it's gonna as, be a, as when a, that's out. What. He's my he's my favorite Cobra operative probably amongst them. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. I like it. There's a big delay in you saying that. Like yeah, it was some sort weird. of like deep dark confession like, that you were making. Yeah, it might have been an internet thing. I don't know. Uh, all right, let's. I don't do know. The there was a thing. message that popped up. Taylor's back. Let's do the thing. Back. He's just. It's not like a back. I mean, it is kind of like a back. Mm-hmm. Back from last week. Don't call it a comeback. Hey, don't call it a comeback. Somebody wake up, pig. Need to wake up this one. It is a boring, boring Taylor's show. Back. back again. They saving all they do. Big, big show. The big show. So oh. is it gonna be a big show without movie? Yeah, right. Let's open. That nigga will be on strike before it starts. Greetings, geeks. It is another episode of this Geek of Comics. Outright Geekery is a comic book, a shit talk. Oh. Shit talk show. Taylor, AK David here. Uh, yeah, just hanging out. I'm gonna talk some uh, stuff. I didn't do shit this weekend. Um, I, the only thing I, I did want to really kind of talk about was that Jennifer Garner is confirmed to return for uh, Deadpool three. And the only why? reason I wanted to do that is people are like, "Oh my god, why are they spoiling it?" You know, and I'm like, "Dude, this isn't spoiling. It is a bit, but it's more promotion." They're leaning. This movie's going to lean so damn hard into everything that the multiverse is and congeal yeah. at the end. I mean, with just I think this it, awesome takeover of the MCU by mutants and the Fantastic Four and all this cool shit. I don't know that it's going to do that. Um, I, I, mean, I, I don't really know that this is the vehicle for them putting the X Men in the MCU. Honestly, I think that would be a terrible idea. Not put them in in terms of them actually doing anything in Deadpool three. But just confirming once and for all that th- we already know that Wolverine is in the movie. I mean, yeah, Hugh me, Jackman all- is not the MCU Wolverine. Oh, sure, sure. But to me, that does sort of, you know, what it tells me. What this announcement, and the others have told me, is that mm-hmm. this is probably just going to be a big meta joke extravaganza. You know, oh, it's going sure. to be making fun of like studio it's politics. It's going to be oh. like kind of, you know, probably in a sense making fun of all these like nostalgic cameos that we've had with things like no way home and whatnot and like uh, michael sure, keaton being sure. in the flash movie oh no i want so that's my read on this yeah i 100 agree that it is going to be that but i think by the end you can still get to some sort of confirmation that more things are going to come are going to be on the way like i don't uh, want it to instance, happen through this i don't I want them to be brought in with a joke you know? like ryan well 
but all right, but the second Deadpool movie, yeah, it was jokey, but it had heart too. There were oh, I love the Deadpool there. movies. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not knocking the Deadpool there. movies at all. Like the first Deadpool movie is like one of the best romantic superhero movies oh I've my ever. Gosh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Now, um, yeah. Oh, he's breaking well, up a little bit. But I am hoping that it's just not. I hope that they're not trying to take something that is inherently just a fun time and trying to do something serious. Like right. or do something that has a lot of importance, like putting yeah. Fox and characters I mean, into the MCU. You like know? how much importance does it actually I mean, it is an important thing, but it's kind of already happened. They've mentioned mutants, they've already confirmed that they are getting an X-Men and a Fantastic Four thing going. I really think them leaning I guess what I'm saying is everything that came before Disney getting the properties back from Fox needs to sort of have a nice shiny bow put on it somehow. Yes. And also lean into the fact that no, we are still going to see an Electra in the MCU. We are still Eventually. going to see we already saw you know Electra I mean? in the MCU. In that's the true. She was in Daredevil. Oh, well, yeah. See, and that's another thing. I'm not sure even where the fuck those Netflix shits even fit. I mean, Charlie Cox you know? is in the uh is in yeah, She-Hulk and in Spider-Man now. So I think that that's I think that, that tells me that those things are canon, or at least mostly. So yeah, they're becoming they, more canon. Yeah. Hey, Brandon in the in the chat, thanks for hanging out. He said he subbed on YouTube. That's so. Well, that's kind of you. Yeah, I mean that's literally the minimum. But we oh, definitely fuck you, Gomer, it. you asshole. But he also left a comment. That was the most entitled thing I've ever heard. That's the <laughs> minimum you can do. Fuck you, Gomer. Thank you, Brandon. Don't uh, listen to yes, this fucking again. asshole. Yes, thank you. But, Pay no attention to Gomer. I didn't do shit this week. That's why I wanted to talk about Jennifer Garner. She's great. Yeah. She's awesome. I, I, just, I hope she just says, what's in your wallet? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. What did you guys do this week? Anything? Worth? Um. Well, I got three things to sort of talk about briefly. Oh, um, my. One you're probably anticipating. I did go see Indiana Jones. Yeah, I did have that ready. How do you like the the twist? The, <laughs> the twist. It was fine. Did I not say it's the very last thing he hasn't done? He's done literally everything else. Well, that's the thing that I'm. <laughs> you mentioned like, oh, they jumped the shark. It is no dumber than the other things that they've done oh, in the other Indiana I mean, Jones movies. I mean, the first right. Indiana Jones, they opened the Ark and the ghost came out. Yeah, they opened faces. They opened <laughs> the right. fucking Ark of the Covenant. They had they meet a goddamn Crusader ghost. Yeah. You know, like they they had they aliens man, meet a Crystal Skull, and I know Crystal Skull is the best example to go with here. Your they, heart they, out a man drinks chest. from the false grill and turns into a husk. Indiana Jones have always been campy. They've yeah. always been campy movies. You know, they have like a fun charm to them. And I thought that this was yeah. this was a pretty solid movie, you know? Nice, nice. I thought it was better than Crystal Skull, which I guess is a low bar to clear. I also thought it was better than Temple of Doom. I'm not big on Temple I've, of Doom. I actually don't mind Crystal Skull at all. I thought it was fun. But... I think it gets too much hate, but it's yeah. it's not one yeah. of the stronger ones. My favorite's it's, Last Crusade. You're right. In Dial of Destiny, though, I really like how they handled Shia LaBeouf's character Mutt in there. Very respectful. They let it be a pretty yeah. emotional beat. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was a good way to handle it. Yeah. yeah. Even though I haven't seen it. But you know me, I just I read but it's like, also true every that, spoiler. Like, Shia LaBeouf, I think, is pretty much like persona non grata in Hollywood nowadays. So he was yeah, never going to be do back his for own this. production stuff and, and well, things like Whatever. That. More power to him. But I, I just don't see him having much like mainstream presence yeah, these that days. Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. What about, oh, what else, Taylor? What else? Um, what I did finish Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Ooh. Oh, did you build cool stuff? I built 
I didn't build anything nearly as impressive as what I've seen on the internet out there. Oh my but gosh, there's some. I tend to be pretty utilitarian. Shit. Like, okay, I need yeah. to cross this gap. I'll build a plane. You know, I need to. Right. You're more get Pikmin. over this river. I'll build a bridge. You know? You're more Pikmin than Minecraft. People out there building fucking Tie Fighters. I've seen people building like laser mechs and like shit like that. It's yeah, mind boggling. Way more creative than me. Pretty good. I've seen some of the laser mechs online. Yeah. But I will say that this was that now that I've kind of had a chance to take in the whole game. It was definitely a huge step up from Breath of the Wild, which is already a really great game. Yeah. Still not my favorite Zelda game. It's is it nostalgia? Part of it probably is. It's my for favorite, me too. My favorite Zelda games are Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. Do you know mine's the second one? That's, so, that I will say though that like this game is probably guts. the best Zelda game, just not my favorite. You know, right? Right. There. right. My favorite. My is... favorite Zelda game was on the Philips CD. Oh, whatever. That David, you're count. full of shit. No one believes that. That's no one's favorite Zelda game. Just trolling. Yeah. In fact, that like game has like one of the iconic trolling images to come from it. Does. It. it does. Yeah. But again, oh, that, no lie, um, my favorite Zelda is the second one. And everybody hates it. Everybody hates that game. It's a good it's game. A it's just not... It's Castlevania. It's not really a Zelda game, per se. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. Anyway, what else? You had a third... Oh, I watched that first episode of My Adventures with Superman. Oh, yeah, I have not seen that yet. How how was well, that? Well, it's definitely got like YA sensibilities, you know. Sure. Um, it's it's definitely skews for a younger audience, but I think it's well made, right? Good. I think the animation's good. I think they kind of made a good decision. This is very early career Clark Kent, so he's not as like overwhelmingly powerful as you might expect Superman to be, but they have a All good right. reason All for right. it. So animated here. Smallville. No, he's in Metropolis and everything like that. They oh, okay, okay. Very wisely are doing it where they can incorporate a lot of the iconic characters like Perry White and Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen. Yes. They're all main cast members. Yes. Um, I think, honestly, the whole like romance angle they're doing between Lois and Clark is honestly kind of cute, you know? Oh, he's honestly okay. twice there, my bad, but whatever. Yeah, well, no, it can be honestly twice. So that it was a solid like watch. It's unbelievable. Like, I'm into the love story, you know? I suppose, yeah. It's unbelievable. But I thought it was a solid watch, but it definitely is one of those that's going to be like skew more towards the younger crowd. Hmm. I don't think I'll watch it like on a weekly basis or anything. Oh, yeah, you'll just catch up at some point. I'm just not the target audience, you know? Dave, what'd you do? Anything worth mentioning? I am patiently awaiting Tuesday. Oh, what's coming Tuesday? I am going to go see Old Gods of Appalachia at TPAC. Oh, fun. Nice. T-Pack's at Tennessee Performing Arts Center in yep. Nashville. Beautiful, beautiful venue. The the James K. Polk Theater. Yeah, that's that. Nice. It's not, it's bigger. <laughs> There's a I joke think it's in, the largest theater they have on site. I, think I it's thought it was the one. Andrew Jackson Theater was the largest theater. There's a joke. I, I remember there's that. a joke that they said, like, you know, the how how Tennessee thought of it, the three presidents that came from Tennessee, and, like, yeah. Andrew Johnson always gets the smallest. Yeah. So. I don't know. Is that a history joke? Yeah, it's a history joke. No, let's do news. <laughs> anyway, again, y'all, we're sorry. It's not our fault, okay? Comic-Con is right around the corner. Everybody is saving their best news and shit. For Keeping the powder out. dry. Keeping the powder dry. Um, so we don't have a lot for news. We basically have bullshit for news this week. But first one is all about the Hellfire Gala. Coming up July 26th, okay, it comes out. Uh, We may talk about this book later, 
But this issue came out today. The uh, sisters or four brothers or I read it. It, it was just okay. Um, but the latest X-Men book. But in the back of it, it had a sort of teaser for the Hellfire Gala. Now, a uh, writer of X-Men Hellfire Gala, Jerry Duggan, he uh, said on AIPT, the winner of the the vote, the, the, the individual reader fan vote who gets to elect a member of the team, you know, to the X-Men, is hiding right behind that logo of X-Men Hellfire Gala one-shot. All right. So in the back of that book, what was the hell is the name of that book, Taylor? I know you read it. The X-Men. Um, the Sinister Four. Sinister Four. Okay. That came out this week. And in the back of that, last page of that, they have a teaser for the Hellfire Gala that shows that fucking cover without the logo. And it's Juggernaut. Oh, well, I guess yeah, uh, so we'll tipping their hand again. a bit there. But... Yeah, we'll see that again. See. Well, I mean, it's coming out soon enough. That, honestly, yeah, so. I mean, July 26th. So I'm just saying this is... Uh, really weird to me. This is one of their oldest villains. He's not even a mutant. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's weird. In the universe, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But honestly, this is the one that I wanted to win because I think he's... Yeah. yeah. It's the most interesting storytelling about like, you know, oh, what the fuck are you yeah. doing here, Juggernaut? Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, I voted for him too. I would have also liked to see Jubilee just because I think she's... Yeah. She's been a fun character for the last... Like, especially in like, you know, Exterminators and things like that. It's it's hard for her to do anything because she has a kid, you know, who's like yeah. a dragon. Um, he's a dragon. Like, he's fine. Oh yeah, he's fine. Just just leave him over there. It even adds add some drama for her, kind of like the X Men drama we saw with. Uh, yeah, that could have been interesting, but Juggernaut brings a lot of baggage with him to you know the X Men in particular. So yeah, I'm glad that he's the one who's in it. It looks like yeah. So that'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, we might have to raise the ceilings in the tree base. We're probably bit. not getting like full power juggernaut though. Whenever they put him on a team like this, he is nerfed to hell. Oh, dude, they do that with a lot of characters, especially X Men, because they like to mix and match their. Characters. Well, yeah, I mean, there's some characters who just kind of break a team wide open. Cable like, this put, week, yeah. Cable this week, and X Men was he's better than that, dude. Even yeah, it was Cable. Young Cable. It was he's, Young Cable. I guess, but he's better than that, man. He got jobbed pretty fucking he got hard, jobbed hard, dude. Hard. We'll talk about that later, but uh, yeah, we'll have a review of that book, I'm sure, uh, when it comes out later this month. Moving on, the Hugo Awards have been announced. Now, there's a lot of, of stuff that goes along with the Hugo Awards, right? The Hugo Awards are science fiction awards from uh, Chengdu Worldcon. Um, I mean, uh, so many prestigious books have won Hugo Awards, you know, for, for years and years and years. But we're just going to focus on the comic ones. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 by Bartos, Stitzbor, and Philippe Andrade. That's on Dark Horse. Uh, I didn't read it. I didn't read it. Uh, Dune, the official graphic novel by Lila Sturgis and Drew Johnson. Uh, again, I'm sorry. That's on Legendary Comics. And I, I will say, though, it. I feel like, assuming it's pretty much just like adapting source material from both a book and from a movie now, I feel like that's... Cheating. That should that should be eligible. Yeah, Thank I mean, you, dude, that is literally in my fucking notes. It's adapting something that is already a well-known, well, um, 
awarded, you know. And I'm pretty sure Dune won a fucking Hugo. Yeah, it's acclaimed. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're adapting something that already won, I feel like that is kind of cheating. That is kind of cheating. But the other four are 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 bona fide. All right. Monstrous Volume 7 by Margie Lou and Sana Takata. Just uh, always a fucking amazing read. Jesus, so good. Um, Once in Future Volume 4 by Kieran Gillen and Dan Moore. One of my favorite, I mean, books of the last decade. Yeah, that wrapped up, right? Yeah, that's all wrapped up now. Uh, it's basically a modern-day retelling of a lot of the Arthurian legend. Uh, it's so fucking well done. You can tell Kieran Gillen just loves you know, that lore so much. And Dan Mora, every fucking month, is pumping out just the best shit. That's actually my... I want that one uh, to win. Saga Volume 10, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples from Image. If you haven't heard of Saga, I mean, I'm not sure why, why you're listening. Oh, yeah. Saga is one of those ones that uh, we never talk about on this show because it's retired and I don't read it except in trade. So. I mean, it's just every it's good. time it comes it's out. It's really yeah. fucking good. It yeah, is every really time it good. Comes out, we could talk Brian K. Vaughn is um, one of the greatest comic writers of all time. He's made a lot of beloved works, and this might be his best work. Mm. We'll have to wait until it's done before we can yeah. really say that, but it's definitely a strong contender. I love Ex Machina so much, dude. It's going to be hard. It's going to be so hard. But I'm a basic bitch, and I like Why the Last Man better than Ex Machina. Oh, that's not basic. That book's fucking amazing. It is. It is absolutely amazing. But, like... Yeah. Uh, I like them both, the final nomination, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow by Tom King and Bequist Everly. Uh, I have read it, and it is quite good. I don't think it's going to win this. Um, Honestly, what I think is going to win is that fucking Doom. Dune official movie. I think I think that's going to take over. Everything that I've read points to that just being really, really cool. Um, not if just it has here, really but strong worldwide. art, that's one yeah. thing. But like, I I just feel like that's not fair. Yeah, I agree, dude. I agree. But me personally, I want Once in Future to win because it's awesome. Dave, most likely monstrous. Am I right? You're. I know you're a huge fan of that series. It's a good series. It is a really good series. I think it's kind of getting a little long in the tooth right now. Sure, sure. Uh, but you know the artwork is beautiful, so you can't yeah. argue with that. If- yeah, it's amazing. So, uh, I will try. Oh, sorry. I will try to get uh the news once the awards have been you know done out later on this summer. So there you go. Finally, in news, Lamo, Jackpot, uh, first big appearance of Mary Jane as Jackpot in Amazing Spider-Man 31. Uh, next month's Amazing Spider-Man 31 will be an oversized issue um, to celebrate the upcoming second year. I don't know how you do that with 31 issues of uh, Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr.'s ongoing Spider-Man. Um, so they're going to showcase her new jackpot powers that they kind of hinted at in mm-hmm. Mary Jane and Black Cat limited series that Jed McKay did. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I just remember all those years ago, the original Black Cat, or sorry, Jackpot was yeah. like a huge fake out that they did. It was actually just somebody we've never heard of who ended up being yeah. the jackpot character. Now, that was Slot, wasn't it, Dan Slot? Yeah, I think that was part of the brand new day line is when they introduced Jackpot. Oh, gosh. That was a minute ago now. Yeah. But, I mean, this is whatever. I mean, none of us have really, I think, been following the uh, Spider-Man run. And this ain't going to help. Now. This is not something to help people who are not reading The Amazing Spider-Man. And that's kind of my point here. If you're going to do something with Amazing Spider-Man to get people to read it, you got to do something better than this. you got to do something better than this, man. Um, 
this is pretty good. Humberto Ramos doing the uh, the the mock up here for the art. So oh yeah, that's the good. design for the costume itself that looks yeah, it's yeah. pretty solid. I That'll did like the original August jackpot, time. like the the jackpot who wasn't Mary Jane. Like I did the like green. that. I like that green. costume better. I thought green was a good look. Yeah, I mean this is okay. It kind of sets. I guess the hair she's supposed to look bit. like she's like a like a dealer at a casino. Is the kind of look they're going? Yeah, for? Yeah, I think they're going for that. But also, if you look at the legs, there's like numbers, like slot machine, maybe. Sure, sure. It's Maybe. pouches. There's, there's Rob <laughs> pouches. rips off his mask, and it was Rob Liefeld this whole All time. Along. That son of a bitch. Yeah, but I don't know what a jackpot power is either. Um, Lucky. Well, then I mean, she's just I ripping guess. off Black Cat. Yeah, maybe. <sighs> or though, I guess maybe she could do the opposite, where she makes things lucky happen. Well, then she's just Domino. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where um. Black Cat makes bad things happen to her enemies. Maybe she makes good things happen for herself. I don't know. That seems just like Domino. It is basically like Domino said. can do both. So, you know. Domino oh, yeah, that's the, right. That's right. If that's we're doing right. power scaling here, I guess Domino yeah. is the strongest of the, the luck based heroes. I, I mean, I, how many times do we have to give Mary Jane superpowers? Like, in different continuities, she has, like, the spider suit that, like, soaks up energy from. Oh, yeah. They did that. Uh, They ran a lot of books for that for a while, where it was, like, the spider family, where it was, like, yeah. Yeah. an alternate universe where they had, like, uh, Annie May, I think, was their daughter in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Not Mayday. It was another alternative. Another, yeah. yeah. But uh, I liked it at Spider Island when she, when she and everybody else in Manhattan had spider powers, you know, when she had. That was them. a fun story. That was fun. Um, but I love Domino's powers because her powers are like probability based. And yeah. when the right when the right writer gets into that, oh my God, it's so fucking fun. It's it tricky is, to do. It, so it's a lot fun. of fun with a good writer. And I thought they did a yeah. lot of fun with it in like the Deadpool 2 movie, speaking of that from a minute. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, um, no, they definitely showed off her powers. It's tough not way. to make her powers just like a, she's the deus ex machina character, you know? Man, what was that last Domino book where they changed her costume? I know it was Jan Balls of Dua. It was a while back. Doing the, doing the art, but was it, it wasn't Gail Simone, was it? I think it was. Go ahead and look it up real quick, Dave, but in those Research powers, guy. yeah, in the, in that book, her powers like didn't always protect her, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm falling, and okay, I might not oh, die, but my the, arm got hung she's up a on a wire, dislocated my shoulder. Yeah, when you're a supporting character, you can have her powers just be kind of you know whatever zany thing you need it to be. But when right. she's the main character, it's hard to have tension when everything yeah. just breaks her way. So that's a good way to approach it where yeah, it was, her powers, good. they help like big air quotes on the help, but yes. like not necessarily in the ideal way. Her yeah. powers didn't help her in, in one of the storylines from the house of the, the Croco storylines where they skinned her to get. Oh yeah. I remember island. that too. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty rough. And um, there was that one issue where, like, they kept throwing X-Force at uh, Orcus over and over again, and she kept dying over and over again. So I guess yeah. luck only takes you so far if you're just exactly. completely fucked. Uh, it was... Uh, it was... Uh, it doesn't say what volume it is, but it was uh, It was published in 2018, and uh, it was Gail Simone. Yes, Gail Simone. That's what I said. That was my guess. That was a great run, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, I love that shit. I love that so much. All right, finally, Secret Invasion. All right, three episodes in. Uh, this is episode three, Betrayed. Uh, Nick Fury learns that a nuclear missile strike that the villainous Gravik has orchestrated. Uh, Fury and Talos save the day through some spy shit, but not before Amelia Clark's character, Gia, 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 takes a bullet. Gaia. 
Gaia. Okay, Gaia. Like the Earth goddess, but right. spelled differently. Yeah. Man, I'm getting kind of bored with this, man. I think this would have been better off as a movie. Uh, it, 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 I mean, I'm still interested. I still want to see what happens. But you can't just have every episode end with someone dying and expect me to ignore. I mean, all right, the, the uh, Rhodey Fury conversation was great. The one that Talos and Fury had in this episode, dude, it was like a couple of bitches just whining at each other. I mean, and then, sure, Gravik is like this untouchable big bad who somehow worked his way up through all of these other power grabs that the rest of the squirrels were taking. But in this episode, it didn't feel like almost any of that was pushed forward. It kind of felt like a side quest in a way. I guess this I other thing, Guy. Well, spoiler alert, I guess. Other than Gaia getting killed, not much plot critical seemed to happen in this episode. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, um, they built up this said, tension with this nuclear bomb that was going to happen, but I don't know. I didn't think for one second that that bomb was ever going to go off. Not for a <laughs> millisecond. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, attention to nuclear bomb you know that they tend to avoid like the, the huge disasters on shows like this. That's just kind of par for the course. But, yeah, but with that said, they're still murdering everybody at the end of every episode. So, hey, having a yeah. nuclear bomb go off over the Atlantic Ocean might have, you know, kept me in it a little bit. A little bit of a surprise. But I don't know. Go ahead. I, continue, Taylor. I'm sorry. I am still enjoying it for the most part. I do agree that this one did not feel like it brought as much to the table. But that's something that one should probably expect in, like, the middle of a season. And it's right, only six been, episodes, though, right? That's I mean, true. Yeah. That we are kind of inter- We are now in the second half of the show, starting next week. Yeah, I'm still not really taking it at face value. All these characters who are dying, I'm still not entirely convinced that Maria Hill is definitely dead. This is the type of show where they could have like a, "I've got you now, Fury," and then he's just like, "Oh, really?" And then like all the dead characters come in and save him. Well, over. that's what I'm expecting at this point. I mean, uh, all right, Fury at this at this juncture in, in the show feels almost worthless, okay? Everybody said, you got to go, get the fuck out. It, nobody trusts him. He's on the outside. Even his, you know, right-hand man, Talos, has been lying to him for, you know, since they've been hanging out. But I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, Jeff in the chat, I liked uh, episode three, but I have to agree, it just felt like nothing was answered. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know. Is this? Yeah, this is showing. Guy is not dead from the bullies. Thanks, thanks. Roadie's confirmed as a scroll. No, I mean, this man, be Leroy. I think people need to Leroy. just cool their jets. Back when fucking Wandavision was coming out, <laughs> yeah. I got so sick of like blank characters it's fucking Mephisto. Mephisto, and then it was nothing. Yeah. In the end, Everybody's it was fucking all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's the same. That's the same energy, man. Saying, "Oh, this person's dead, and this person's a scroll," and. It is. It's the same energy. And you're right. It's okay to discuss that sort of shit. You there know, is and, probably but we some big twist coming. Yeah, like some character yeah. we think is dead is probably not dead. Some character yeah. There could very well be a character who like is a scroll, but I guess there's a pretty short list of candidates for that at this point. Like Most of the characters we know were scrolls, and the only characters that aren't scrolls are Nick and... Uh, Olivia Coleman's character. Yeah, have they revealed that like the president of the United States or something is a scroll? I don't know, man. It's I didn't realize that uh, Shooter McGavin. I forget the actor's name, yeah. but um, Shooter McGavin it's, apparently it's, is like he, the Tucker Carlson of the MCU. Yeah, no, he will for, and it doesn't matter what that char- that actor plays in. He will always be known as Shooter McGavin, the greatest golfer to ever play the game. Indeed. Yeah. So, Dave, did you watch episode three of Secret Invasion? I have not watched any of Secret. Okay, Invasion. good, good. That's easy. So, That's easy. 
This might uh, be a good one to wait until... Oh. I, actually, David, I'm going to ask for you to not watch it until it's all out and then kind of watch it. In you a know, couple and, of few days, yeah. I, I'm curious to see like if it hits different if you watch it all at once or if you guarantee like wait you week does, to week dude. like we do. Yeah, I guarantee you it will, man. I, because I, I think I could accommodate that since I'm already missed half of it anyways. Thanks, Dave. You're a real trooper. He is. <laughs> um, going overboard. Yeah, like, I'm sure there's some big twist coming. I guess the other big twist from this episode is supposed to be that we maybe don't trust Nick Fury's wife, it turns out. Oh, yeah, she went and picked up a, a hot piece from from the bank. Why did she have to go to a bank to get a gun? Surely to God. Is there something special about this gun? Uh, I, I wouldn't it think so. Maybe that's just she was hiding it. It just seems you know, like that was an elaborate link to go through to get a single gun when she... Yeah. She's married to Nick Fury. They probably have guns underneath, like the potted plants. And <laughs> yeah, shit like right. That. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Jeff was uh, oh, Quake gonna show up? Maria Hill, yeah, and work with Fury. Exactly, Quake from Agents maybe. Of that's another. Show up. That's another no, thing people I'm sure like eagerly waiting for is like, is yeah. this gonna bring in anything from Agents of Shield? Oh, that would be cool. <sighs> I'd be okay be, with that. I'd be okay with it, but I also feel like. A lot of the stuff they did in like the later seasons of Agents of Shield made it really pretty it. thoroughly non-canon, or at least hard to justify it being. Yeah, canon they were in space point. though. I mean, they were in space. They were time traveling. They're doing all yeah. sorts of shit. Yeah, they. This, this show was crazy, man. This show was fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, we'll have a review of episode four next week. Again, that show's on Disney Plus on Wednesdays. Let's do food. Oh, I almost hit the wrong button. Shit. Mmm. Like I have one job. I can't even push buttons right. Uh, okay, first bit is the bad bit. Maybe both of them are bad. You'll be the judge. Pepsi pineapple. Hmm. Yeah. Now the reason they're doing this is to sort of accent an accompaniment to Little Caesar's pineapple pizza. So this really is like uh, like I don't know if I could handle the double dose of pineapple. That is, you know what is I mean? Yeah, kind of double dipping. It is kind it of is double, double dipping. Dip Regardless yeah. of what kind of flavor it is, I don't think I'd ever want my drink to be the exact same flavor as what I'm eating. Thank you. Like I want to want to have like a you know like a cherry soda if I was eating like a cherry pie. You know? Yeah. It seems like you're double dipping, and you're yeah. That doesn't work. What's um, starting July seventeenth. I guess we also need to address: Do we think Pepsi would taste good with? Pineapple flavor. Um, Pepsi doesn't taste Pepsi, didn't taste good with the mango. Shots fired. Wow. Pepsi doesn't taste good without any flavor. Just Pepsi flavor. Pepsi is just doesn't nasty. taste good. Period. So yes, I could. I would. I can definitely say with a positive yes, a firm, a very firm yes. Of course, it's going to make Pepsi taste better because it's going to taste something different than fucking Pepsi. Because Pepsi tastes like dog shit. It tastes like dog hair. It's, it's really nasty. sweet. I I'm not it. as down as on Pepsi as you seem to be. I would I definitely always choose Coke if given a choice, though. See, see. When I get asked, is Pepsi okay, I say no, but you can bring me one anyway. You know, because I'll suffer through it. You Got him. Because I live in the South, and we actually have an option here that is palatable with anything that you're drinking a Coke with. I'll just say sweet tea. Every place I go that serves Pepsi also serves homemade sweet tea. I'm actually so, surprised to hear that you've like uh, gone native like that, since you're actually a filthy Yankee. Most people might not. I am a filthy Yankee, but I have lived here for quite some time. Uh, so, here is a little bit of advice for any Southerners who do go north. Never order sweet tea once you're out of Virginia. Don't do it. It's not going to be any good. Yeah. Uh, not going to be good. On the it's opposite hand, I live in the South, and I don't like sweet tea. I will drink the hell out of fruit tea, but I will not drink sweet tea. Mm. 
That's okay. The only fruit tea I drink is peach tea, which is still Southern. Anyway, again, starting July 17th, Little Caesars fans can get a pineapple pair-up, which includes a 16-ounce Pepsi pineapple and a large two-topping thin-crust pizza. They want you to put pineapple on that pizza. Um, this actually debuted back in 20. Wait, they want us to put pineapple on it? No, I mean, not like us directly. They want us to order it like that. Okay, um, but yeah, what do we is there a consensus on pineapple on pizza? I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it if it's ham Hawaiian. I accept that it happens, but it's yeah. not something I care for. Yeah, yeah. So pair like, it well with ham and it's fine. Yeah, some people are, are like, I want, um, you know, onions and pineapple, like a sweet and sour. And I'm like, no, what? What? Mm. No, you're killing me. You're killing me. Yeah, it, it all depends on the. Yeah, Andy, it's gross. Andy's Andy's out on date night. And that's why he's not here tonight. And he had to chime in and say, oh my God, gross. What is happening? So I bet like, he wasn't even watching the show. He just like got like a, like a tingle that we were talking about pineapples. Yeah. Pineapple or maybe he's not listening and he's not talking about the Pepsi at all. He's talking about the show itself. Gross. Which well, I that's hurtful. Agree. And I hope that's not the case, but whatever. <laughs> Moving on to number two, Barbie. All the rage. You you Oppenheimer elitists can go fuck off. I'll wait for the streaming. It's all about Barbie. That movie is going to be the existential event of our generation. Well, apparently the internet is all in on people going to see both to like kind of celebrate the celebrate the contrast here. Uh, you know, I, I was all for that, but you know how I am. I'm like, of course they are. Of course they are. Capitalism at its finest. Just finished a six-part series on the Manhattan Project in a po- on a podcast. <laughs> oh, fun. And fun. I, I bet that's way better than Oppenheimer, right? I really want to see Oppenheimer. Yeah, I bet. Uh, all right, so Cold Stone Creamery is going all out with the Barbie tie-in shit. Um, they got a new flavor called Pink Cotton Candy Ice Cream. And uh, it's there's a new creation and a cake. They got all that glitters is pink. It's pink cotton candy ice cream, graham cracker pie crust, dance party sprinkles, and whipped topping. That sounds fucking amazing. That yeah, sounds like yeah. diabetes ready to happen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, get, bring me to diabetes. Bring me to die or call me Winfrey or whatever. Fuck Win whatever from Cocoon. We. I'm all over Wilford it. Frim, Wilford. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that old man's name was. He's the best meme, one of the man, best Man, okay, so you shouldn't go sir. in this expecting to be, like, you know, diet food, but this does sound pretty <laughs> yeah. fucking good, I gotta say. Yeah, Andy chiming in, the, the movie theater is doing a double with Barbie and Oppenheimer. You're right, they're trying to get every single member of the movie audience into a movie theater that, that weekend. I think it's more of an experiment than Man, anything. Man, do you remember when you Barbie know? dropped the bomb on Hiroshima? Yeah, that's going to be I'm textbook. reminded when um, <laughs> Doom and Animal Crossing years. came out on the same day. And oh, how the, right. The creators right. of that kind of leaned into like... Oh, yeah. They had the, like the... Stark contrast between the two games. Dude, that's fun. No, there, there's been some too. memes where like they... The a dog character and the and yeah the, Isabel yeah. is like mowing down demons with a machine gun that was released by the Doom guys that wasn't even yes. really a meme that was something yeah, they made they, themselves they were having a blast with that shit man they were so excited dude that's like a quote from the dude who uh, is running Diablo 4's PR right now somebody asked him said you know there is some concern that people you know are playing the game and then not finding a lot to do he's like well then they should go play something else for a little while and it's like man what a nice honest thing to say no shit there's thousands of video games you what, don't you have don't to have, play you, just you one. Don't, that's like the same kind of response they gave when they were talk, uh, 
Blizzard gave that one time is like, we're going to move Diablo to your phones. And everybody's like, boo. He's like, don't you all have phones? Yeah. Don't you all have a phone? Uh, and then there's the best cake ever. Uh, layers of yellow cake, pink cotton candy ice cream, dance party sprinkles. Uh, this is all in there until August 8th. Barbie hits theaters July 21st, along with, obviously, Oppenheimer. Um, I will probably not see either of them in the theater. I hate going to the movie theater. I love movies. I just hate going to the movie theater. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Awesome. You guys want to do fucking top three? Let's do It was rhetorical, my bad. There's no moment of this. Ask me a question and just cut me off. Kind of fucking out. No moment of destruction this week. I'll get over it. Uh, all right, yeah, there were a shit ton of comic books that came out this week. I mean, a butt ton. Um, some good, some bad. There was a lot. Um, this was definitely a like a lot, love a little type of week for me. Yes, though. yes, for sure. Uh, I want to mention Phantom Road number five is my honorable mention. Jeff Lemire, Gabriel Hernandez. Hernandez Walta, another fantastic issue. Lots of stuff happening here, but things are going oh so slowly, which is fine. Uh, there's like this FBI agent who barely knows what's – oh, that's not the right, right picture. Where's the FBI agent? I must not have grabbed a picture of her. Anyway, there's an FBI agent who doesn't know what's going on really. There's a revelation that Dom had this traumatic past with his fucking kid getting run over by his truck accidentally. Oh, that was a br brutal page to read. Um, the thing in the back of the truck is like some kind of alien egg or some shit. Like, oh my god, what the fuck? And then even more, what the fuck? A dog wearing a cap and overalls shows up. And is it a dog feeding. or not a bear? I don't know. Is it a dog or a bear? Is it a bear? It looks like a teddy bear to me, but it's yeah, hard to maybe say. it's a bear. I don't know. This animal shows up and is hanging out. Uh, I mean, this book has just gotten weirder and weirder, but it still has a whole lot of heart. And Jeff Lemire, man, that dude just knows. How to write a damn comic book, man. You don't know. I, yeah. I don't uh, know. I did, you don't have a picnic basket. I did want to do one more honorable mention before sort of sliding into my number three. Uh, D Space Nine, the dog of war, is all about a purebred gorgi that Quark sort of traffics because purebred dogs are like very rare. And some big so still, rich dude is one They steal to the storyline from Cowboy Bebop. I mean, is that I've never seen that. Oh, what's supposed to be like Ein? Ein, yes. Yeah. There's a storyline in there about well, it's a genetically engineered dog, Corgi. Yeah. That can is basically like a living supercomputer. Hmm. But quick aside, this real quick, if you've never seen dog. Cowboy Bebop, you should definitely check it out. It's really good. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I heard it's, it's like Star Trek kind of. It's yeah. short list. For, it's not really. Um, okay. okay, it's like a Star Trek like setting, I guess. If we're like looking at like. All the grimy people that like Worf and uh, Raffaella are hanging out with at <laughs> Picard, you know. Okay. But anyway, um, yeah. it, it's really good. You should check it out. Cool. Yeah, not the live action shit. No, I'm doing that first so I can get a better. <laughs> I never watched live action shit, but Cowboy Bebop the anime was damn near perfect, and it's yeah. difficult to imagine anything living up to that. Twenty six nice. episodes and a movie, and that's all you need. Oh, okay. All right. It's often considered the best anime ever made by me. It is. I might have to check it out it's, on your guys. 20 years yeah. on, it still holds up. There's wow. only maybe a couple. It's, it's got a timeless quality to it. I think it'll yeah. always be good, you know? Awesome. But yeah, they're, they're basically lifting. Oh, but sorry. You're talking about Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just really, it's just this really stupid adventure where they're going to rescue this fucking dog. <laughs> and it's just dumb as hell, but I fucking love it. 
I love it. It works for a Deep Space Nine adventure, you know. Andy chimed in a Bebop is amazing, of course. He's seen everything. I ain't seen shit. Defiant number one, though, is my number three. Christopher Cantwell, Andrew Zeta. How can any Trek fan not adore a book that stars the crew of a stolen USS Defiant, captained by Worf, Worf. Spock is on the crew, Lore, Bolana Torres, Ro Lauren, and now Tasha Yar's out-of-time daughter, Sela. I, I wish mean, I remembered her name, yeah. Yeah, Sela hey, was her name. Yeah, Sub-Commander Sela, I think. Was the, the blonde Romulan. Yeah. Uh, they didn't even really do anything in this fucking issue, dude. They just, like, did research into the problem, and then they did some sleuthing. They talked to each other about how terrible they all are. I mean, but it was fucking amazing, It was a dude. typical Star Trek Deep Space yeah, Nine episode. It was so damn good. Um, everything is still leading up to the big crossover event, Day of Blood, where... Uh, Emperor Kalis is determined to take over the galaxy. I mean, dude, just it has no business being this fucking fun. And it, I, think I loved it. I fucking loved it. It's so great. I will never not put Star Trek books on my top three. They will never be retired because I'm just too big of a fan. It's like my first fandom. Well, I mean, we've gone so long without having good Star Trek comics to talk about. Yeah, you've got like a lot of you got a lot of like uh backlog to get through yeah, before you I'm retire, do, I'm, you know? I'm, we might do a moment of destruction type segment just for the fucking star trek books no we're not going to do that we're not going to do that uh sorry taylor honorable mentions and did you read any night terrors i did not read any night Good, terrors um, i didn't either damn it i'm boycotting but night i do have a lot Woo-hoo! of uh, honorable mentions that i, I want to get through man, um damn good books this week yeah sinister four was pretty fun um it was Basically just setting up all the like sinister shit that we're laying to see, but it, it was well written. Kieran oh, Gillen did a is. good job. There it is. I was like, where um, the hell is the cover for that book? Yeah, it was it was a whole lot of talky talky. It gives you a lot of backstory on like Sinister as a character and also like the current status quo. So it was a good read. It was a good build up. It was all right. Fantastic Four number nine was a lot of fun. It was cool to see um the big solution to the problem was the un shaking faith that her brother, even under mind control, would never hurt her. And she was right. So that was a pretty cool resolution there. The only... Um, I I love this issue, too. I love how it was all from Alicia's point of view. I love how they saved money for the artist here and then the very next page let him go full-on motherfucking crazy. It was a diegetic way to have, like, a big reveal page, you know? Like, from Alicia's perspective, we don't know what she's doing. But then, like, it allows you to turn the page and see, like, this huge thing, like, fully formed, you know? It was really cool. The one Um, thing that got me on this, if I could just say, the one thing that got me was goddamn Sue Storm. They always making her better and better. She oh, Sue is, Storm is OP as shit. I know, but in this, like she was bending the light to make not her only yeah, tattered. not only can she make it herself invisible, wild, not dude. only can she do force, not only does she have like better version of Green Lantern's powers, she also apparently <laughs> is fucking mastermind now because she can just do illusions now if she wants to. Yeah, it was wild, dude. And I I, I rolled my eyes, but I was like, wow, Ryan North's brave for doing that. And it does work. It he really is really does work. coming up with very novel interpretations of their powers, and it's honestly pretty cool to see. Like yeah. Reed apparently can like rearrange molecules down with his shit. Yeah, there's some wild shit going on. But yeah, good shout out. Good shout out. Yeah. Um. 
like I said, a lot of honorable mentions. Um, honorable mention for Steelworks, number two. Michael Dorn, as a comic book writer, has no right to be doing this good of a job. Yeah, dude, it's wonderful. I know, there it is. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. He's writing the family dynamic in this. Yeah, so this is... well, man. I love the... One of my favorite parts of the whole book was just him sitting down and having a conversation with the super people, you know? Yeah, it, and the art is stunning. There was a big two-page... Really good the art. There's a, lot of, there's a cool yeah. action scene that we start off with. Um, and I... I think that it's kind of a cool angle to come at here, right? Like John Henry Irons is trying to yeah. help the people at the bottom without everything having to be like superheroes coming in. It's it's a yeah. cool angle. Yeah, um, no, I like it too. I like it too. Final honorable mention for Clobber in Time number five. This wraps yeah, the series. Just, just because it's been the end of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the end of the book. It's a cool final battle. <sighs> Doom having pimp shit pissed me off. I was like, come on. Damn it. Doom got everything. Doom has fucking everything. This he was a does. pretty cool Doctor Doom book, if nothing else. But I mean, um, you mentioned two books in your honorable mentions that both issues had pin particles used to just weird shit to do weird shit, man. You're not wrong. I mean, it was they, weird. It's a weird coincidence that both of them, like mm -hmm. both characters who have nothing to do with Ant Man, most of the time pulled out the pin particles. Yeah, it was weird, but still, yeah, no, good book. The art was definitely oh, the uh, the big selling point for this entire series. It's going to be a really cool graphic novel just to kind of thumb through and look at all the different battle scenes he draws in here. Yeah. Um, but my actual number three this week is Daredevil number 13. Oh, nice. Okay. This is Daredevil journeying through one of the hells, you know, on his way to kick the shit out of the beast. And it was a yeah. cool fight. There's a lot of like big like oh shit moments like when he gets his arm chopped off and uh, oh yeah we got uh, the beast nipple rings and all their glory oh, here for us to see. One. I had to pull this. I had to pull this. It's just so stupid. But the um, scenery in hell was really cool to see and it's a really yeah. big character moment for Matt Murdock. It's like, you know, he's having this like crisis of faith and Chip Zdarsky gets Daredevil on a very yeah. fundamental level, and I think that that really shines through in this issue. Yeah, you mentioned the fights, and they were amazing, but <sighs> Matt talking to his old man was... <sighs> it's just... I mean, that's been done to death. Matt, But it wasn't, this. actually. I know. I know. But it still worked. You know what I mean? It's still... Chip Zdarsky put, like... And that's what I was saying. Matt Murdock dealing with the guilt that his father's death has, has still, you know, rests on his shoulders. Chip Zdarsky put like a whole new spin on that, you know, in this issue. And yeah, it was very well done. Very well done. Excellent choice. Not really much to say about that book except it's almost over. You know, I think Salah and Ahmed is picking up the book. That is true that like if you're not on board with this book by now, it is too yeah. late. You know, wait for it to come out and trade it at this point. Yeah, but it was quite, quite good. Man, I took Dave levels of time to talk about my honorable mentions. I know, right? I know. I can't wait to see what Dave got. Uh, I may not have many of Dave's choices. There were a lot of small publisher books that could have made his list, but hopefully I got them. Big D. All righty. Uh, starting off the honorable mentions, uh, Clobbering Time number five. Good choice. Hell yeah. Good way to end the series. Yeah. Uh, Torrent number five. Oh yeah, uh, shock ending here. I yeah. did not because if you remember on Monday, uh, last Monday, I was bitching. Where are they gonna go? It went full circle, full yep. circle. Very fucking well done on yeah, this. It, yeah, it, 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 it nice little bow on it. Yeah, one hundred percent agree, dude. I did not think that it was gonna end up there, but I'm I'm anxious to see a second volume now. 
Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. You were you. Yeah. That's you were saying. How are they going to follow up? And they they demonstrated yeah. what they're going to do to follow up. Yep, very very uh, well done. And then my last honorable mention is Grim number eleven. I uh, did not grab Grim. Uh, the, of course not. Uh, basically, the bad guy won in issue ten. Yeah, and, and the deal that the bad guy made has revealed that it's a bigger problem, and she now has to go and release Jess. Oh, see, I'm not caught up on that book. I thought you were going to say something I would know. She, well, uh, Jess, uh, Jess is the main character, and basically our, our villain is a demon, made a deal to exchange his soul from hell, and yeah. the soul that's getting taken out of hell is not the one that she expected. Oh, wow. And the soul's going to, that, per, that person returning from hell is going to cause a whole lot of problems, uh-huh. and she has now gone to the... Uh, prison of Jess and basically said I'm letting you out because I need your help and I'm giving you your dad's sight oh okay <laughs> so, yeah I'm gonna have to catch up on that damn book this week so man that's we gonna be my book. sounding more and more like bleach all the time yeah uh and my third book uh, uh yeah another I thought that was your third you got another that, honorable that was honorable number mention three. Oh, my nice. number three nice uh, book this week is weird work number one yeah, I did not read this. I didn't get a chance to to take a look at this one. Uh there is a the 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 book. The artwork is fantastic. If you Shaky like Kane, if you like Mike Aldridge, you'll love Shaky Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, you say Mike Aldridge? You mean not Mike Allred? Allred. Am I calling him Aldred? Yeah, Allred. Uh, it's Allred. I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm always thinking of somebody else. Uh, yeah, I get. Mike I do Aldred. that all the time too, bro. But. The artwork is fantastic. There is a lot of different uh, threads being woven through this book. Uh, there, it's uh, this very fantasy-like super world. People are getting knocked off because they're it's a gang war going on. I thought you were saying knocked up at first. Knocked off. <laughs> Knocked oh, off, oh. killed. And they, I get they it. Are, I just thought you were saying something else. They are, they are um, bringing mm. this old retired cop. He's, well, on the verge of retiring. They brought him in because he's the only guy that might be able to be, figure out what's going on and stop it. Yeah. But it is, there are a lot of things going on in this book. And it, I just want to see what happens in issue two. Nice. Nice. Yeah, like I said, I didn't get a chance to, to look at that one yet. I'm sure I will. Good choice. Uh, that reason to me, number two, Hairball, number four. This wraps this series by uh, Matt Kent and Tyler Jenkins. Um, this was just really terrific. It's a series about a demon-possessed cat. And it Aren't took all us... cats demon-possessed? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it hey. took us from it's seeing... Let's like not be scam... so mean to cats here. I, yeah, I love I'm my cats. Cat. I love my cats, but he ain't wrong. They got something in there. Um, like a scared child, do what was necessary... You know, in, in, in having this demon-possessed cat to then seeing this confident adult doing the same thing just on, like, the flip side of the coin. I'm not sure if this is what Matt Kent was going for, but to me, this was, like, this human story about maybe not killing your demons, but learning to live with them in a way that is just as healthy as possible for you. Uh, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm just all fucked up. And that's what I took from it. But either way, great symmetry in the story. Really fun art. And Matt Kent, he's a fucking pro, dude. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, this will be collected in a month. Check it out. It's dope. And it's only a four-issue series. It should only be like $12 to $13, you know, collected. 
Um, I really, really had a great time with it. So cool. That was my number two, Taylor. Number two. Uh, my number two this week is Captain America, number seven fifty. Man, great, great, great choice. I know I have it. Great yeah, this choice. was um, this was basically doing a bit of a capper on the uh, the Cold War event that just ended. So from that yeah. perspective, you know, if you haven't been already reading it and you just picked up this milestone issue, you're not going to get much out of it, I guess. The second half, but, you probably would have gotten some love. Out well, of sure. It. Like the back Three half of it is a, is a uh, anthology. And yeah. yeah, a lot of those are, a lot of those were fun. You know, they're each little four It was my favorite. Snippets. The Gail Simone one in that was my favorite cap thing in years. I loved it. One lucky shot or lucky shot. This one where the kids were playing with the, yep. the uh, shield. Dude, I had such a ball reading that, man. Um, but yeah, I just want to of, highlight the art here, the emotion in the eyes yeah, here the, on these characters. The artwork on this Sam Wilson book has been Stunning. outstanding. And this was an excellent example of that here. It was a cool look into like what it means to Sam to be, you know, stepping into, you know, the role and everything, like the struggles he has with that. It was well written. Um, yeah. I also really liked the funeral for the destroyer. It gave us mm-hmm. a chance to kind of see a lot of Steve's history all gathered here, you know? Yeah, you could tell that the people who were writing this book, it was Jackson and Lansing, love Captain America lore. I mean, they, they delved deep into that shit, man. Yeah. And also his interaction with Bucky at the end. It was very well handled, I thought, you know? Yeah. like uh, It leaned a little bit too much into Cold War, which I thought was actually kind of just a meet. It's just a middle-of-the-road sort of event. It worked. You know, One thing Cold War but... did well was the relation, and this whole run has done well, has been this dynamic yeah. between Cap and Bucky, because yeah. usually when heroes are, like, fighting each other, it feels a little contrived. But in this story arc, it felt very organic. It felt very believable. It felt very in-character. Yeah. for them to have the conflict that they ended up having. Um, yeah, and sure. this was a good resolution to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, again, I loved the backup by Gail Simone. There were some pretty good backups. It that one probably was wonderful. the highlight. Uh, I also like the one about, like, the guy who, like, stood up for him when he was being bullied as a kid. That was a really good one. Yeah, that was good, too. Um, we do get a, one more Captain America issue, I think, before these books go to where we're not sure. Uh, we know the Steve Rogers version of Captain America is getting a a run by JMS, but we'll yeah, see where um, that goes. The character they even addressed it here of Steve Rogers is the the in universe reason for him not being around very much is that he's hanging out in Dimension Z with his son, with his kid. Yeah, so he's that's probably going to be Steve's status quo for like the next few minutes, whatever. However, they end up doing that, and, and I'd be um, cool with seeing Dimension Z come back. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Nomad or Ian, I guess his name is, is kind of like the commander of like this amazingly awesome army now. Yeah. Um, they could do anything with that. They could bring that in at any time they, they wanted could. to, you know, and do crazy shit with it. So it's a fun dynamic that's been added. I also like to the, the, the introduction of the new destroyer and the new nomad, I thought was pretty well handled. Yes. The new destroyer, there's so much po- potential there for at least a miniseries, dude. At least yeah. there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah they definitely want to have uh, Sam be the primary Cap, both because he's Cap in the Avengers and also because, of course, the movie's coming out. Exactly. Good point. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Sorry, Pretty, Steve. As far as milestone <laughs> issues go, this one was very good. Very yeah, well handled. I agree. I thought it was really good, too. Good call out. Good one. Dave. Number two. Barnstormers number one. This was good. This, this was, was really good. A lot good. of fun art. A lot of, a lot of great dialogue. I'll put it, yeah. I'll leave it at that. A lot of good dialogue. It, 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 
they're they're like like weird work. It's got a lot of threads being woven through it. We have we have a runaway bride. We have a barnstorming pilot. We have who who's seeing like I guess like neon visions of something terrible. We're not sure what that is yet. <laughs> That's yes. not what that is yet. But you know, there's there's a con game going on, and there's there's a lot of just like you know. Good stories it, being a good it, story, it, just being laid the, the foundation yeah, it, for a really good story here. Yeah, to me, it, it felt almost like pulpy, like pulp comics of back in the day, you know, where they're yeah. just putting anything they can on the page just to fill up the book, you know. Oh, yeah, like an old like Doc do. Savage story or something. Yeah, like, that. like yeah. Is, which is what they used to do back in the day, just fill it full of nonsense just to get a book on, on shelves. But this, it feels like Scott Snyder, and I actually have read this whole series, so I know he's actually going to lead into a, an amazing story by the end of this, you know? So, yeah, and it's hard to deny that Tula Lote art. I wish I had a picture of the bride. That's basically her, yeah, you know, that's right her. there. But there are some great panel yeah, shots. Yeah, when this she. Gorgeous when she, woman. She's just gorgeous. She, when she uh, basically frees. Uh, the barn, the the pilot basically crash, literally crashes a a wedding. Yes, literally crashes it. Literally crashes the wedding. I guess he thought that was the group of people he was supposed to meet or something. And yeah. the, and the, the bride sort of sees this as like an omen and a way out. Yeah, but the, yeah. Uh, but that that scene after they leave in the plane where she gets changed into that into her party outfit, that yeah. is like just you know this you know he's trying to be respectful of her, not watch her while she's changing and all that. But that went that reveal. Yeah, it was very well done. Beautiful. Yeah. And and not only well drawn, but just the way it built up to it. You know, yeah. so them working together, Lote and Snyder working together to get there. Yeah, it's just it's really good comic booking. And yeah, stick on that series because again, it's a comicsology original that's just now moved over to paper. Um, and I've read it and it's it's quite good. It's quite good. Awesome. That leads to number one. There was no doubt what my number one was going to be this week. Swan Song. Hey, number one. my number one, too. W, Maxwell Prince, Martin Simmons. Um, Swan Songs, if you didn't know, uh, is a series of one shots that's all about endings. And this one is about the end of the world. The apocalypse. Yeah. Um, so Prince has this way of writing that's like impactful in unique ways. And in this story, um, a regular dude is caring for his dying mother while the doomsday clock continues to count down to the end of the world. All right. And he goes on this very short, short journey, fairly short, giving us a tour of how terrible everything is. Oh, yeah. Um, while the doomsday clock is counting down, but he's going to get his mom a gardening <laughs> magazine because she likes him to read the gardening magazines to him. And this is just, um, this is just, this is just demonstrating uh, this artwork here, just the level of, you know, even though it's just a short walk to the store with the magazine. What yeah. he has to go through, like this guy uh, that in the picture here, the is demanding Drug drugs. Addict. Yeah, and... but there's also like emotional addicts. Oh who, yeah, it's so close to the end of the world. Like they just for have forgotten how to feel and just hey, please smile for me, please smile for me. Well, they, and... were, they were described as emotional vampires. Yeah, dude. So yeah. it's kind of like this very Joker esque kind of vibe to it, but they were tormenting people to make them cry, tickling them, yeah. to make them laugh. It was very. It Not was surreal. I, to encounter I mean, it was surreal. I mean, yeah. But to me, just like any story about the apocalypse, Prince is really telling us a story about now 
and how mm-hmm. terrible things are now in other ways, you know, not as severe, not as in your face, more subtle and things like that. And I mean, look at that panel, dude. That yes. is just beautiful. Like it, that represents so like, you simple. know, things are spiraling out of control. It, yes. The, yeah. More than the guy can take. Yeah. And then he does get home and then shit goes to hell. But we're yeah. still not even sure what it was because I'm sorry. This apocalypse looks kind of cheery. Are those flowers? That are it looks like up? a tree. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Art is, is supposed to be like a personal thing and you get out of it what you put into it. And this is the perfect representation of that in the comic form. You know what I mean? You could take this book a lot of different ways, depending on your like overall outlook on life and things like that. And yeah, this just hit me in multiple ways, positive ways, negative ways, real ways. I don't know, dude. It, it was perfect. But Simmons provides the perfect trap. It's depressingly uplifting. That's what I have in my notes. It's depressingly uplifting. I, and I, I just can can't wait to see more of this shit, dude. It was wonderful. Wonderful fucking book. Uh, all right, so that was my number one. Also, Dave's number one. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome. That leads us to Taylor. Wrapping up the show with his number one, I have uh, one guess. Thor Annual, number oh, one. Oh, my God, this shit was dope. Go ahead, dude. Go ahead. Yeah, this was really cool. This was a little self-contained story. Um, apparently, the premise is that Modoc has gathered the pieces of the Bifrost that have been shattered, and he uses it to turn himself into God, basically. Yeah. Um, very well drawn, like, especially the parts where, like, they're playing with, like, the, the Rainbow Citadel that, like, well, he calls himself Mythos now, has yeah. built. Um, yeah. They give a really uh, tortured acronym for him being Mythos, but that's always been part of Modoc's character. I was so going to ask if it was right. good for something. But... Yeah. <laughs> so the artwork is really cool. This was a really awesome Thor story, and it's been a while since I read a Thor story that I really like, so that definitely helped out. The thing that really put this over the top for me, though, is that this was... I was not expecting it to be a great Spider-Man story. Right? Because, right. like, reality has been warped so that the heroes never existed, but apparently since Thor was in another realm or something, it didn't affect him. But yeah, he goes back to um, New York, and Peter Parker has never been bitten by a spider. He's just Peter Parker. He's not Spider-Man. But he's still a goddamn hero, you know? Yeah. He's still yeah. doing what he can. He's still, like, even though he doesn't have great power, he still takes responsibility that he can, you know? Yeah. And that is such a quintessential Spider-Man thing. It's the reason why he's such a great character. And Thor being inspired by that is such a quintessential part of his character, you know? The thing yeah. that makes Thor an intriguing character, he's not just this, like, awesome powerhouse, like, you know, force of nature. He is all that, but he also is somebody who like genuinely loves and is motivated by the little guy, you know? Yeah. 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 I thought that was really good too. Uh, Jeff in the chat, Thor annual was awesome. He agrees. With totally you. agree. Jeff. This is why I love the book. Here's a panel that they did. Oh, there's a lot of great on. artwork too. Yeah. Like, yeah. and there's and like then, a parallel image at the end of the book where everything is. is set right again. That's great symmetry. It's oh, a cool look my. at, it's yeah. great way to do the Ten Realms. Um, really yeah, kick-ass. Oh, and I also like he's got a little bit of battle damage at the end, too, you know, where his yeah. cape is all tattered and his helmet's yeah. gone and stuff like that. Uh, just so fucking well done, the whole thing. Again, uh, Lanzig and, and Kelly, right? Jackson Lanzig and Colin Kelly. Yeah, this was a big well, week for them. They were, in, they were my one and not. my two. 
Yeah, they cannot stop killing it. Uh, they're writing that Star Trek book. That's the fucking best shit yeah, ever they, right they now. They might be know? my writers of the year so far. Yeah, you know? they're very high up there, dude. I mean, of course, Zadarsky's writing Batman and Daredevil. I mean, Jeff Lemire is like Jeff Lemire perpetually is awesome. Every yeah. fucking thing. Yeah. Um, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are so many, but you're right. It's almost like a surprise factor is really leaning them to towards the top because holy shit. They are just, they have made Star Trek books cool again. They unironically yeah. embrace the things that we love about these characters and really yeah. highlight them with Captain yeah. America, with the Star Trek crews. They're and here with Guardians Thor. Yeah, with Guardians, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, what? Awesome. Well, that's it. Uh, again, Dave's uh, number one was Song Songs. Uh, number one, uh, fantastic book. So, uh, yeah, that's it for us, y'all. Hey, thanks for hanging out. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to check out the Bullies, if you like what we're doing, you'll love what they do. Leroy and Eli do pop culture. They add comic books there at the end just to, you know, make the name work, but. It's all about pop culture, uh, great movies, TV, <laughs> reviews great of, right of, of music, uh, even novels, you know, from time to time. You never know what they're going to be talking about. So uh, check them out on this channel uh, and others. If you want links to all those channels, them and us, go to OutrakeEQ.com. We got links to all of the audio, video, socials, you know, except are we on threads? Yeah, I think we're on Threads now. We're I barely on, know what Threads even is. It's it's, like, uh, it's Twitter for it's it's um, Facebook Twitter. Who hate yeah. Elon, Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, great show, man. Thank Thanks, you so Jeff. much. We appreciate that so much, dude. Thank you for hanging out. Um, so yeah, check it out RickEQ.com. Uh, come back tomorrow. I think I think Andy will be here. Maybe not, but it's definitely going to be me and Taylor um, at the very least um, talking about all the new comics coming out Wednesday. Um, yeah, every Monday we talk about all of the books that are coming out in the following week. This is a huge week as Comic-Con is quickly approaching to let um, us finally have a good fucking news segment. Please, please Comic-Con happen so we can talk about stuff. Um, God. So, yeah, we're doing I that know, I feel like we've been, like, you know, polishing these turds pretty well. We really years. have. We've been polishing turds. Yeah, we have. Although that X-Men... Uh, hellfire gal spoiler that was that was prime that was that was good shit that was good shit uh anyway yeah thanks again for hanging out but most of all thanks to these jokers for hanging out with this joker always fun we are gonna do it again next time same geek time same geek channel <laughs> channel oh man we have to follow the Man, it's a uh, it's pre-con. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs>